Welcome to the 41st episode of our podcast on European marketing and innovation. I'm George, standing in for Paul who is currently out on assignment. This is season 4, episode 6. And you know Carrie, this edition is especially unique. Indeed, our first live session from the BV Innovation Lab. I've been excited about it ever since we taped it in mid-June. Perhaps we should explain how it came about for our regular listeners. That's a good idea. You know, a so-called live session is nothing new. Many podcasts are recordings of spontaneous conversations, much like deferred interviews on talk radio. Or, in many cases, it truly is live, thanks to live streaming or dedicated platforms. Twitch is one of the most popular ones. Oh, Twitch. What a name. My nephew was trying to explain it to me just the other day. In today's segment, we simply pre-recorded a live session we conducted in the studio right after we had held one of the lab's frequent VIP workshops. On the 16th of June, we had hosted two European pioneers of neuromarketing. Exactly. Our own Raquel from the BV Innovation Lab, together with Pablo Filo Meno, co-founder of a new advanced neuromarketing platform created here in Spain. So, a bit of theory and intro to the subject, combined with a practical solution as a takeaway. Sounds good. Yes, it was. Very practical and surprising. Shall we have a listen? This afternoon, I'm joined by Raquel Fructos, also known as at NeuroRachel on Instagram and on social media, as well as Pablo Filomeno, a co-founder and director of Feeder, a very interesting platform uh, based around neuromarketing, which gives people from marketing emotional analytics. So before we get into the details of our conversation, I want you to know that you're about to listen to two European innovators and pioneers in the area of neuromarketing. Neuromarketing is a part of the marketing mix, which is very difficult for many companies and marketing managers, uh, sales managers and CEOs to understand. And uh, the reason we're here talking to them today is to kind of bring it down to earth make it easier for you to understand. And without further ado, uh, after this short break, we'll get right into it. The following content is brought to you by Derby Hotels Collection, European luxury hotels. Enjoy a special 10% discount in London, Barcelona and Madrid with the code BVAlexa at DerbyHotels.com. So Rachel, uh, one thing I'm really interested in whenever I'm talking to innovators like you is when you start uh, a new business and you're a recognized consultant around neuromarketing here in Spain, in Europe and on an international level, how did this get started? What, how did you uh, fall in love with neuromarketing or, well, call it as you will, neuro neurosciences? Uh, I'll leave that up to you. So it has to be with uh, with my childhood, you know. When I was a child, I I discovered. Um, I always explain that in my in my training sessions is that when I was ten more or less, I discovered that scented uh, paper had a most powerful effect on my stories uh, writing down on that kind of paper that smells than in white paper. So. Um, 
that was something that in that moment I didn't know anything about uh, neuroscience, the power of sense and so. And, uh, and when I finished my studies in marketing, I discovered neuroscience applied to marketing. So as I'm a curious person, I uh, started reading and studying neuroscience and I discovered a new world really useful for marketers, uh, really uh, useful to test companies, to test brands, to test products. So I decided to apply and start my business uh, focus on neuromarketing. Well, I remember before we move on to Pablo, I remember that um, uh, that marketing that's based around uh, the sense of smell uh, was uh, introduced a couple of years ago and a lot of people looked at uh, a person that uh, you know was doing that as if they were from Mars it seems strange and so you really were pioneer if as a young girl you were attracted by the sense of smell and somehow you linked it to communication and marketing so uh, before we move on to Pablo what is your personal favorite smell uh, is it lavender is it uh, vanilla is it cotton candy uh, uh, yours I'm talking <laughs> about you. you you the brand <laughs> yeah I like the citric uh, uh, smells scented uh, citrics because they're really uh, activators of uh, of your capacity of product or, or production, you know? It's a, a smell that gives you the powerful of creativity to be more, uh, to do more things because it open, it wake up your, your brain, the citric uh, smell. And, and yes. your mouth too, if you suck on a lemon yes, a little, yes. then you'll yes, <laughs> definitely yes. have the eyes open and everything. <laughs> but another, another interesting thing is that any uh, aroma um, has a function. So, uh, if you want to attract young people, you will use uh, citric uh, uh, smells. If you want to uh, um, make that people stay longer in a place, you will use another kind of smell. So, it's really interesting because there's a, a strategy behind uh, all this world. And for example, the vanilla um, is something that all of us likes in general because it remembers the mother, uh, the mother milk. You know, oh, wow. it's a smell, sweet smell that remembers the mother milk. So uh, anyone feels comfortable with that smell. Okay, that's really, really interesting. Well, Pablo, uh, you know, uh, uh, in the intro even, I noticed that it's kind of hard to define uh, <laughs> your product as a startup, as an entrepreneur, uh, feeder. But uh, I think what I should kind of uh, mention is uh, that you're using facial recognition uh, technology to measure emotional responses. You know, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit more detail uh, with my colleague uh, Alejandro Ale, who's here. But uh, what what is the origin story of Feeder? How did your uh, company come to being? Because I know it's making waves here in Spain and elsewhere in Europe. Yes, uh, actually, it all started within a personal experience. I was with with Mauro, who is my co-founder and CTO one of my, of my best friends since we were kids at school. And we were uh, at a bar taking beers, as many of us should be doing right now with their friends. Uh, and, and I received a message uh, through WhatsApp from another friend, and I knew it was going to be something good because that friend always send it, uh, always was sending uh, good stuff and everything. So I shared my screen in the table. We were a group of, of friends, and we just laughed. I mean, it was it was really a good a really good content, but that was it. I mean, I didn't answer. I I just kept my phone into the pocket again, and I just kept going with my night, uh, with our drinks and and our night and whatever. 
So when I was walking home by night, I remember I didn't answer uh, my friend. Mm. So I just kept, uh, I, I, I took my phone off uh, the pocket and I just wrote a lame ha 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 with my face absolutely. You, you didn't even I use an emoji, you didn't put a smile. Anything, I, it was, it was lame, it was, yeah, it was very sad. I mean, <laughs> and it was a ha ha ha. My face was absolutely unexpressive and, and sad. So, and I just, yeah, I wrote, wrote him this and I, 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 kept, I, I, I can keep my, my, my phone in the pocket. And this is when I realized that there was a big part of communication missing in between people. So we started developing, I, I called my, I called Mauro, I called my partner and I said, hey, we have to do something with this. I mean, there is a huge lack in terms of communication that we have to, we have to do something with reactions. So we started developing the tool that we are now uh, in, in, in our hands, that it is basically meant for analyzing how people is reacting, as you said, uh, using facial recognition. Mm -hmm. But this is, but yeah, it, it all started um, as all good uh, things, I think, uh, uh, among beers and friends. So, <laughs> in, a, in a personal experience, that's, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. really super interesting. Well, there's one benefit of what you've created, but uh, I'm not going to give any spoilers. I'd like to pass on uh, now the next question to Ale, who's my co-host here, who just joined our voice team, by the way, and is doing a fantastic job. Uh, you had a certain question about neuromarketing in general that you wanted to ask. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Um, I really love neuromarketing and I really love what you do. And I see, I have noticed that you, you love what you are doing. So that's so great. Mm -hmm. And for our listeners, I was wondering what kind of practical benefits has neuromarketing for example, your Rachel? I would say that using neuromarketing in your strategy is going a step beyond the others. Why? Because you can imagine, for example, I'm a food and beverage company and I want to launch in the market a new product. If I have the tools to test this new packaging, this new product in the market before launching it, it would be a really, really um, safety, this launching, this measurement. So neuromarketing allows you to use some kind of tools that you can test um, in advance what is going to be the impact. Because remember that 85% uh, of our purchase or um, buying decisions start in the rational part. So neuromarketing studies how the brain works when we are buying. Um, why I buy one brand of, I don't know, of uh, a drink and uh, I can be really fan of something, but I'm not going to change this brand, but I can change my um, phone company anytime. So this is what I study. No? The process of how we buy and we can help companies to um, keep safe the investments before launching in the market. I mean, if I pay in a, a TV spot, prime time, it's going to be a huge uh, amount of money. But if we test uh, the emotional impact, the rational um, reaction of the market before doing it, I think it's really intelligent uh, to do it if you can do it. My main mission is to make neuromarketing accessible to everybody and 
to um, go far away from neuromarketing is really expensive. Neuromarketing is only for huge companies. No, here we perform simple studies with Feeder, for example, is a successful case of using neuromarketing tools um, in an intelligent way. Yeah, that sounds so great. And uh, neuromarketing always it's like more theoretical part, but you seem like we are we are setting up this in the market and it's got to be a, a difference for the brands or a set of difference between the brands that always seems the same for the users. And Pablo, so you are the CEO of, of Feeder. This platform, what practical benefits give to the, to the brands or to our listeners? Yeah, actually, um, I think, okay. Feeder, uh, what is Feeder? I think it is easier explaining a little bit what we do so, so we can get into the, into the benefits. Uh, we have developed a tool for analyzing audiences using facial recognition, as, as Paul said. And what we get from this facial recognition is a track, we, we track microexpressions, users' microexpressions. Each one of the microexpressions gives us an information about how people is feeling, how they are feeling. So, in, in long story short, uh, we create an, a detailed analysis in real time of how your audience would be feeling in front of the contents that you want to send them to, your marketing contents, whatever. About benefits, um, in the end, I think there is one big benefit, which is uh, getting to know better your audience, to get to know, uh, to communicate better with them. So, in this, in this way, you will notice that your return of investment will be better, your performance will be better. In the end, it's, it's obvious. We were talking about this before. I mean, it's something very, very obvious, but it is important to have this in mind. I mean, sometimes I think we, our minds uh, go um, broad. I don't know how to say it in English, but we start uh, uh, thinking too much and we just uh, uh, think about numbers, clicks, impressions, but we miss a very important part, which is getting to know each other better so we can communicate between each other better. That, that's so true. And uh, one thing that I'm intrigued at when you say that you're measuring these micro impressions or, you know, micro facial uh, movements, how do you do that? Do you invite people to be filmed uh, at your company or do you use webcams yes. or? Uh, how, how exactly does that work? Actually, uh, it is, it is a, a SaaS tool. I mean, it is a tool that where it is all online. You can get your own user and you will be sending uh, these campaigns for analyzing uh, your, to your audience. So, and, oh, that's great. And these people will be analyzed by the webcam of the laptop, by the camera of the smartphone, or, I mean, it is always online. And they always have to agree to be recorded. This is very important. Even though it is a... Um, an anonymous recording. I mean, we don't keep faces or personal data or whatever. We just keep the data that comes out from the microexpressions. Uh, they always have to agree with being recorded and taking part of this market research. In the end, it's, it's a, it is a market research. Well, I liked what you said uh, earlier too. You said you're not uh, recording names or faces, you're no. recording zeros and ones, zeros right? And so ones. it's yeah, totally yeah. anonymous. Not absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, just showing uh, uh, Alejandro um, the KPIs because they're in real time, right? So yes. if you have, let's say 50 people who are looking at, uh, they're doing a pretest, as Rachel said, of uh, a commercial TV spot, and then the, the real-time data is actually coming in in real time. In real time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like uh, creating charts and uh, you yeah. know, bar charts. Yeah. 
actually uh, I think in a back office, right? In, yeah, in your own back office. I mean, it's uh, when we created it, uh, we we were like obsessed about creating a very simple uh, dashboard to get to know the and, and to understand the data uh, in a very easy way. Uh, you don't have to be a psychologist to understand this data. You don't have to be a, a neuromarketing expert or, or anything. I mean, we have created qualitative KPIs thanks to these emotions. And what we're tracking is actually the level of attention, validation, rejection, and these kind of qualitative KPIs to get to understand, as I, as I, as I was saying, how people is feeling, but not as a psychologist, but as a marketeer. So in this way, you can understand when people is losing their attention within your content and then start measuring the acceptance rate. This is so fantastic. I mean, listening to Rachel, Rachel falls in love with neuromarketing. <laughs> it's clear that part of it is understanding how the brain works, both emotionally, like in a more primitive level, and then logically. And then you have a tool that is easy to use. You don't need a master's, you don't need a PhD. Uh, a webcam is uh, measuring an emotional response to creativity, to a, a possible campaign before spending on it, giving you the data, where to tweak it, where to fix it. Yes. And so you're protecting your, protecting your investment. <clears throat> it's so fantastic. So you know, what, you know what frustrates me about this topic? Because we really believe in the Barcelona Virtual and the BV Innovation Lab. We believe in neuromarketing. Uh, Rachel is our senior specialist on neuromarketing. And yet our experience, right, uh, Alejandro, has been that uh, it's kind of hard to get uh, companies to understand that it's it's not NASA. It, it is important scientifically, but it's not complicated. And it's hard for them to adopt it into their uh, marketing mix. And we're, we're working on that. I think we're going to be successful. There's so many benefits. But uh, maybe very briefly in one or two sentences, why does it seem difficult uh, for companies to understand neuromarketing. Uh, when, if our listeners are listening to these benefits, and then I, I do want to remind them they should go to the blog post, the program notes on our blog at blog.bevirtual.com related to episode 41, and you'll see uh, links, you'll see a video on Feeder, you'll see how it works. What, why? So with all of these resources and these great people talking about this, why is it difficult for them to kind of... Uh, begin with neuromarketing? Yeah, the, 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 the simple answer is um, to do not have knowledge about something. If I say to you something about neuro, neuro suggests me complicated brain, uh, scientists, hospitals, whatever. So um, it has nothing to do with that because we are based on the theory that neuroscience says about how we make things, how we make the decisions, but what we do is to apply this directly into the market in a simple way, in a in not an expensive way. So um, with the online to uh, tools that we have as feeder, and I mean, we can perform studies in a simple way with uh, real-time data, and this is a really valuable result. So nowadays we're still um, trusting on the um, traditional market research uh, data that is going to a um, consultancy company and perform focus group interviews and whatever but it all it is always related to conscious answers and people lies well yeah and it's very targeted uh, as uh, Pablo yeah. said uh, also um, 
And uh, we were talking about that here in the agency the other day that uh, a great many of uh, advertisers, they really don't know their customers. They, and they certainly don't know their best customers. The 20% that causes 80% of the, um, of the billing of their business. So uh, yeah, definitely, it's a, definitely a good tool to really uh, get a very granular set of information, very personal about your best clients. Yeah. Um, what do you think uh, maybe stops them? Are, are, are marketing people afraid? I don't think they're afraid of computers or digital no. marketing. They do it every day. They know what KPIs are. They use. No, no, I mean, <laughs> what, 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 what Richard said is, is true. The, the word neuro might be a little bit scary, but I think uh, people are doing things wrong in this. I mean, look how easy it is to understand uh, Raquel when she's talking about neuromarketing. It's like, okay, this is not. I mean, this is all about logic and, and it's not it's not rocket science. We didn't uh, develop that. I mean, I mean, it's not rocket science, neither our tool. I mean, it's, it's just all about logic and it's, it's just about thinking about how humans behave. And I think this is the most important thing. Uh, things are much easier that, than we think. And this was uh, what we what we wanted. I mean, trying to to get neuromarketing close to each one of us, each one of uh, every single marketeer, or every single content content creator. I don't want to focus on marketeers. I mean, every single content creator can analyze how his his or her content is performing. A lot of our listeners are CEOs uh, or chairmen of the board or their sales directors or their e-commerce directors, their social media directors, managers. So, uh, you know, before we go to the very last question, it's kind of the wrap up for uh, Rachel, uh, Neuro Rachel and uh, Pablo mm -hmm. and uh, Ali, I'm going to ask you to also give us your opinion. Um, but uh, I, I remember one data point that you uh, also mentioned uh, recently, uh, uh, Rachel, uh, Raquel, which is that 95% of purchase decisions are uh, motivated unconsciously. They they come from unconscious reasons or due to unconscious re reasons, right? So, you know, it, I just want to direct myself now to our audience and you're listening from all around the world and we're so happy to have you with us on Alexa, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts and all the different podcast uh, programs. And um, so uh, I just want to let you know that it's really gratifying to sit here with Spanish innovators. This is a product made in Spain, uh, experts here in Europe. It's all about European marketing and innovation. But a lot of people seem to think that the US or China or other areas of the world are much more innovative. Um, so what do you think? Uh, let's start with Alejandro. Uh, do you think Europe is innovative? Do you think uh, we're going the right path? We, we had a podcast episode where we talked about saving European innovation. But when I look at Rachel and I, when I look at what Feeder does, uh, I say, I think uh, Spanish and European innovation is very healthy. Thank you very much. What, what is your opinion? And yeah. then just we'll pass it on to Rachel and Pablo and then I'll close. Sure, I think Europe is too innovation. I see the projects like the Feeder, I see the platform, I see projects in, in Barcelona, I see the Mobile World Congress we do here. I think Europe in general mm, wants innovation and, and they do and they do their best for concepts. China has their the platforms too, you also have the platforms too, but but here we do things. I think that we have to communicate to the world that we do we do things here. Great things too. So Europe is on the move. 
Well, Europe is not dead. It's not the old continent. It's the new 21st century, very cool continent, right? Yeah. <laughs> Rachel? Yeah, I would say that um, in terms of, of Neuro, concretely, um, I would say that the, the most uh, innovative countries, the United States, is where the most million of dollars uh, are being... Uh, but I have to say that I'm really proud um, to say that in Spain we are doing things great. Uh, there are new startups coming up uh, with working with new tech things. Pablo knows a lot because he's always in the mobile congress and all the tech and startups um, exhibitions. And he can say that we are really uh, early adopters. We like um, doing new things. And what I'm really, really falling love is that we create uh, growth hacking. Um, companies, startups, uh, SaaS, uh, platforms, uh, just to make people easier, uh, easy, um, Their I lives don't know. Easier, you know right? yes. Well, so, I know that Spain has always been a, a very early adopter yeah. uh, country uh, and young Spanish people, they will adopt the latest technology within minutes of uh, hearing about it, it seems. You know? yeah. 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 Okay. Thank yeah. you very much. Pablo? Well, uh, I can say that Europe is, as you said, I mean, it's moving, but it's moving fast, very, very fast. I mean, uh, for example, in Spain, there are now three hubs that are amazing. One is Barcelona in terms of tech, in terms of startups, the startup ecosystem that there is, uh, well, actually it is already built and it's huge in Spain. It's, it's an amazing startup ecosystem uh, with Barcelona, uh, Valencia and, and Malaga, which is, I just come from, from, from this uh, event that we were discussing. And, and not only, I mean, also if I'm thinking startups, tech startups uh, that I've been meeting all the, uh, these last years, uh, I can talk about amazing Italian innovators, amazing uh, Dutch uh, innovators. I'm now in a program within the MIT that it is, uh, in, it is a Poland program with MIT where we are taking part. And I, I have met uh, Polish, uh, Slovenian, and uh, Central East Europe uh, mm -hmm. startups that they are, they are doing amazing things. And, and Ukraine, I've, I've met so many Ukrainians that they are developers, they have uh, tech startups. There are a lot, a lot, it's oh, ama amazing. amazing. That, that's amazing. Well, you know, uh, in 1989, with the fall of the Iron Curtain, the Berlin Wall, uh, there is tremendous talent and innovation just coming out of it's, Central and Eastern Europe, uh, where I used to work, and, and uh, Ch uh, the Czech Republic, uh, yeah. Hungary, Poland, yes. all yes. of those countries are very, very interesting. I didn't know that, didn't And uh, yeah, just in general, um, the youth of Europe, uh, they are very connected to the yeah. 21st century. So, yes. well, guys, it's been a pleasure um, counting on your very valuable time, uh, listening to you, hearing about this exciting uh, project. I know, Rachel, you are doing a lot of in-company trainings. You're doing international conferences. Uh, you talked uh, to me uh, just the other day about democratizing. How, how do you say that in English? <laughs> Making it more democratic, this access to, um, sometimes I think in Spanish, you know, to uh, neuromarketing, but most of all, it's benefits. And uh, uh, again, it's really wonderful to have you, Ale, here in our first um, live session. Well, it's live right now. It will be on Alexa and the major uh, podcast platforms uh, as you're listening to it, you know it's there. And uh, just one final reminder, please don't uh, forget to visit us at blog.bevirtual.com. Go to the 
BB Podcast uh, section, look for episode 41, and we will be sure to give and leave very valuable uh, resources, links, the bios, uh, biographies of uh, Rachel and Pablo there, uh, as well as uh, any other thing that we think will help you understand why you need neuro. Until next time. Remember to check out our other flash briefings in the podcast section of our blog. Many of the episodes include very interesting chats with European innovators and entrepreneurs. Till then, goodbye from Spain. This flash briefing is brought to you by Barcelona Virtual, a European internet pioneer. To visit us, type the letter B together with virtual.com. That's bvirtual.com.